Listening to sermons from St. Macarius the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park, Chicago. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, glory to you. Let us attend. At that time it happened. The day after that, Jesus went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gates of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen up amongst us, and God has visited his people. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 5, where we hear uh, these words. The one who laughs at the poor provokes his maker. The one who rejoices at one being destroyed will go, will not go unpunished. But the one who has compassion will find mercy. This morning we heard in the gospel this story of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain. And it really is a story of, of compassion, a story of our Lord's compassion. We don't know much about the setting. Luke only tells us that Jesus was traveling with his disciples in a rather large crowd, and they entered this city called Nain. It's a city in Galilee, a short distance south of Mount Tabor. And as our Lord drew near to the city gates, he happened upon this funeral procession. The only son of a widow had died and was being carried out of the city for burial. And so when our Lord sees this procession, we hear in the gospel his response. He sees the grieving mother and he has compassion on her. 
it's a very evocative word, this word compassion. The Greek word comes from your, the word that is used to describe your guts. It's your stomach deep down this deep movement in, in your very insides, this deep seat of emotion that was part of the ancient world, this literally a movement of, of your guts. To be moved with compassion is to feel it deep down. And so our Lord, he sees this woman, he sees this procession and he's moved with compassion and he acts with compassion. The same Greek word that is occurs in Proverbs chapter 17, verse five in the Septuagint. I wanna reflect a little bit on this compassion of our Lord. Since we've been studying the Psalms, I can't help but draw on some popular and important Psalm verses that describe this character of God, this God of compassion. The Psalmist says in Psalm 86, describing the Lord, he says, you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Or again in Psalm 103, verse 13, we read, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Or in Psalm 116, we hear, the Lord is gracious and righteousness. Our God is full of compassion. We know from the gospel that when our Lord felt this godly compassion, true to his divine nature, he acted. He acted to raise the widow's son. And the dead man began to speak and Jesus gave him back to his mother. But I think the response of the people is particularly telling. In fear, the people say, glorifying God, a great prophet has arisen among us. Or even more importantly, they say, God has visited his people. This is their response to Christ's compassion, this godly compassion. Our English word, compassion, it comes from two roots. It travels to us from Latin uh, into Old French and then into English. Come means with, and passion means to suffer. So our English word literally means to suffer with, to suffer with another. In a sense, we could say that compassion is to share the burden of pain or grief so that others need not suffer alone. It's a response that can help distribute that burden of suffering. It's an act of solidarity with one another to join somebody in their suffering. 
not because that suffering is a good place to be, but to to lessen the pain of it, to to help raise them up out of it, even in a small way. So notice, notice that when the crowd witnessed this act of compassion of our Lord, they said, God has visited his people. And I think this really encapsulates the story of our salvation. You know, Zechariah, the father of, of John, John the Baptist, prophesied in the opening chapter of Luke's gospel, when speaking of the role that the forerunner would play in preparing the way for Christ, Zechariah said this, which really encapsulates this gospel. He said, you child will be called prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. This is the role of John the Baptist, but why? Zechariah goes on to explain why. He says, you will do this because of the tender mercy, literally that same word again, compassion, because of the compassion of our God, by which the daybreak from on high will visit us. That's a title for Christ, daybreak from on high. Because of the compassion of God by which the daybreak from on high will visit us to shine on those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the paths of peace. So what Zechariah is saying is that because of the compassion of God, God has visited us. God has visited his people. That's exactly what the response to Christ's compassion was. So I hope you see what I'm hinting at this morning. It's precisely in his compassion that the people recognized Jesus as God. It was precisely by acting with compassion that they recognized him as God. So what about us? How might we be like God? How might we become partakers of this same divine nature, this nature of compassion? How might we be, as our Lord says in the Sermon on the Plain, merciful as our Father is merciful, as we heard last week in the Gospel? To be like God, we learn to be people of compassion. Or in the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossians, he said, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. This is our calling, to clothe ourselves with compassion. What might it look like in our community to be clothed with compassion? There are possibly hundreds of answers to this question, but I want to offer just a few practical reflections on, on a life of compassion. First, as we saw in the English word compassion, compassionate people share in the suffering 
of others. They're willing to enter the pain of other people to share that burden. And I know that can be frightening sometimes because we think I don't know what to say or what to do. But as the experience of Job teaches us, sometimes it's better that we say nothing. Merely our presence is enough to ease the burden of pain, even if ever so slightly. Or even beyond our presence, a comforting hug, a shared tear. All these are different ways that we can comfort one another and so act with God's compassion. As St. Paul says in his second epistle to the Corinthians, which we've been reading also in these, these last few weeks, he says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. So God, the Father of compassion, has comforted us, and we can comfort others with that same comfort. The second way I want to reflect on clothing ourselves in compassion is through the offering of forgiveness to one another. As I've talked about before, forgiveness is a holy act because to forgive is to imitate God. As St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ God forgave you. So we have received this forgiveness of our sins, of our transgressions, through God's compassionate love for us. So clothing ourselves in compassion means offering that same forgiveness that we have received to others. And finally, clothing ourselves in compassion means being united in one mind, means not letting divisions exist amongst us, not being separate from one another, resisting the urge to think in terms of us versus them. It means rooting out hatred and malice from our own hearts. Again, to quote St. Paul, speaking to the Philippians, he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, being of one mind, having the same love, being of one spirit and of one mind. This unity is only possible through the grace of the Holy Spirit. And we pray for it every, every divine liturgy, calling down the grace of the Holy Spirit upon us, that we might have, as we say in the liturgy, the unity of faith, the, the communion of the Holy Spirit. So if we find there are any divisions among us this morning, root them out. With the compassion of God, 
be reconciled to one another. So to return to Proverbs chapter 17, the one who has compassion, the proverb says, will find mercy. We are all recipients this morning of God's compassion. And truly, we can say that God has visited his people. So let us clothe ourselves with the compassion of God. Let us share one another's burdens. Let us forgive one another and let us love one another with unity of mind and spirit. Amen.